Welcome, friends, foes, ladies, and gentlemen. This is episode 21. The Sports Nuts and Beer Guts are officially legal. <laughs> you excited about that, Hickman? Yeah, I'm buying cigarettes. <laughs> yes. Cigarettes? That's only 18. I've never smoked. Oh, you said 21? 21. We are. Man, I lost count. Oh, so I, I bought cigarettes three weeks ago. <laughs> cool. You smoking machine. <laughs> Speaking of cigarettes, did y'all know you can buy candy cigarettes, that those things are not illegal? I saw a bunch of them at, like, uh, so, you know, for my job, I drive around a lot, and they're uh, podunk gas stations. They are everywhere. Dude. It's like it's like at the early 90s in those places. Yeah, one of my local diners I went to, and I saw them. I said, hey, these aren't illegal. And the lady said, no, but everybody that comes in here complains that we're selling them. <laughs> I was like, well, they're still on the counter for 39 cents. I need a couple packs. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast. I'm with you here, Logan Bryant. We got some sports nuts. Matthew Hickey Hickman. What's up, guys? Chrissy Chris Collette. Wow, that was the worst introduction ever right there. Ladies and gentlemen, coming from the middle of the Tennessee <laughs> region, he's five foot eight. He's a... The disrespect. He's a... Skinny 125, fighting in the blue corner, Christopher Colette. A little better. Is that better? A little better. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Boys, we are a week away from Santa Claus. Are you ready? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I uh, am currently making a gift for my dad, and I don't know if it's going to be ready or not. So we shall see. That's the last thing on my list, though. This, what I thought would be a simple project, has turned into a bit more of a project. So, but after that, I am done and done, and it's party city from here on out. So, guys, are you ready for this week? You got, you got something nice in your glass there? I there actually don't have a beverage, so oh. I'm in rough shape. Oof. I I just have a uh, a Michelob Ultra that did not cost thirteen dollars, unlike my beer at the Preds game Saturday night. <laughs> thirteen dollars. Come on, Nashville. What the hell? Wow. That's insane. You can get a cheaper beer on Broadway. I can go get two six packs cheaper, I think. So uh <laughs> I was I was not happy, but my parent, my mom, she uh, that's part of her Christmas present. She got us tickets for the whole family to go. So I didn't pay for tickets. So I was like, eh, what's thirteen dollars for a beer? It's like I'm paying thirteen dollars for my ticket. So boom, so I justified it. Way to go, mom! You're enabling your son to buy expensive beer. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some uh, cheap bourbon in a Wendy's glass. Um, I can't remember what it is. Probably some Evan Williams or something I've thrown in there. A little bourbon with a straw action. That's a uh, high class. Makes me feel like I paid $13 for this. Well, guys, we've got some Christmas talk coming. We're talking white elephant exchanges, uh, some creepy songs, some semi-creepy movies. 
But we also need to talk a little baseball, a little college basketball, a little football. So let's get to it. You guys ready? I'm ready. More ready than I am for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Time to make sense of the week. First news, we don't talk much baseball for obvious reasons. Baseball is slow. It sucks. It's a dying sport. It's not fun. Um, I could go on, but the podcast is only an hour long. (laughs) Evidently, believe it or not, Chris, Major League Baseball agrees with me and Hickman that baseball is dying. And it's dying to the point that they are going to eliminate 42 minor league teams. Christopher, make some sense of this for us. Uh, Why is baseball contracting if it's supposedly super rich and everybody's making money and it's every it's super popular? Uh, it's contracting because it's uh, they're wanting to pay minor leaguers a living wage, and in order to do that, you have to uh, they're they're going to do away with rookie ball and low A, and just have single A, double A, triple A in your major leagues. So by doing away with rookie rookie ball and single A, low A, I should say, um, that's where the money's coming from to pay the minor leaguers. Uh, they're not going to dip in their own pockets to pay them. They're not going to dip into the major league baseball, like major league payroll, to pay them. They're just going to do away with rookie rookie ball and in low A. Um, one thing, there's 42 teams out there. Um, just because the 42 teams are supposedly going away. It doesn't mean that those 42 teams are like other teams will lose teams too. And like they'll relocate to like Chattanooga. They're going to have a minor league baseball team. They've had a minor league baseball team for over a hundred years. So another team will move to Chattanooga. Um, But will they maintain the mascot of the lookouts? Absolutely. It's, it's a Chattanooga thing. And I, for, for Chuck, if he listens tonight, um, Probably the not Jackson Generals getting ready to get his tail kicked in a fantasy championship. <laughs> <laughs> the Jackson Generals are on the list. They have nice facilities. Some teams going to move there, um, but and they're also trying to like have the teams closer to the major league team to save on travel. You could all reduce the carbon footprint or whatever else whatever they're wanting to talk about. Baseball's doing so well, they are concerned about the carbon footprint. <laughs> yeah, like it. yeah, stuff like that. But yeah, it's. It's kind of whatever. Um, in no, order to do away you with rookie, say it's whatever, Christopher. Collette. It is whatever. In order the to do what? with rookie ball, I mean, they're just going to push the draft back so that it basically makes rookie ball non-existent and players just go to the fall league if they want to play in the fall. Uh, so that takes care of that. And then high, do you really need a high and low A? I'm just asking. So well, uh, the closest minor league team to me growing up was the Lexington Legends. The Lexington Legends are about to be no more. Why I have an issue with that, even though I hate baseball? Guess who threw out the first pitch for a Lexington Legends game two years I, ago? I'd prefer not to. Daddy Ott. Oh, Dixie Bryant. What? Okay? what? Watch out. No so, way. I, I thought for sure you were going to say yourself. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was your dad. No, my mom threw out the first pitch to a baseball team that's about to be no more. That's unacceptable. I'm sorry. Get rid of the stinking St. Louis Cardinals if you have to. <laughs> but the Lexington I'm Legends. down with that. <laughs> Hickman, I need a novice's take on what do you think when you see Major League Baseball is eliminating 42 minor league teams? Well, 
a, a completely uneducated view of it, which would be mine. Um, <laughs> so sounds like one, the sport's struggling. Two, um, you know that they're pulling out of these small markets and abandoning like. You know, baseball is supposed to be about grassroots and hometowns and apple pie and the 60s. And, uh, you know, that they're going away from that. But uh, it, it just sounds sounds like an economic thing and things are trending downward that way. I don't know. The fun fact, though, I actually uh, have a tie to a um, minor league team. I actually named a section of the ballpark. Uh, for the Johnson City Cardinals. Yeah, they're going away too. Thing. Yeah. So sorry, Matt. <laughs> that was former, a good investment there by Randy Boyd here in no, Knoxville. No, no longer uh, will the perch be a part of uh, yeah minor league baseball. That's a that's a sad day for us, us all when yeah the once owned by the city parks and rec department uh, Johnson City Cardinals becomes <laughs> no more. <laughs> Uh, Leslie Nope and Ron Swanson running the team. <laughs> well, baseball, glad you're finally doing something noteworthy. Eliminating teams. Seems like a sorry move. So we're going to need to move on to something more exciting, something everybody watches, something everybody gets excited about. College basketball. Hickman, we've had five number one teams we've had five teams ranked number one this year and we really unless you're in the big 10 have yet to start conference play the record for number one teams in a season i believe is seven we're at five and it's not even christmas yet makes sense of what's going on in college basketball for me hickman well i honestly i'm surprised that seven's the record that seems kind of low but i you know what what do i know i mean it's just going to be one of these years where there's no clear-cut favorite um, you know, there's not a one of those teams like uh, you know 12 Kentucky or Duke a couple years ago that just has the pieces from start to finish. Um, so it's going to be one of those years where tournaments wide open, some random six seed makes it, a mid majors in the final four, and uh, I don't know. I think those years are exciting, and oftentimes you know that's the thing about college sports. You have these preseason polls which are based on nothing but potential and, and exactly <laughs> so i remember years ago even like in football lee corso railing on this in like the the 90s that there should be no polls until like week six and i think there's some i think there's some legitimacy especially since back then that the polls literally determine the national champion which they don't in basketball but um still um it's you'd be wrong about what your expectations are so that's fun i like it but i mean to be fair you have to have polls because what keeps sports running is people spending money on whether it's college, NFL, professional. And what keeps people invested is when sports writers, like right now, sports writers have already written a preseason uh, college football poll for next year. Yeah. The season's not even over yet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I get it to an extent, and it especially sucks in football, where, like you said, you know, your end of the, your end of the year uh, ranking in that poll may be determined on what your preseason ranking was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so that that does kind of suck, but I also understand why they do it because people are going to click that button. Mm-hmm. Chris, you're a former manager for a loud and proud college basketball team. Yeah. Can you make sense of what's going on in college basketball um, right now? 
part of it's the one and done. Um, it's hard for, I mean, if a player is good enough, they're going pro and that's like literally any, any player that's good enough. Uh, because we are coming up on, I think it's 2022 draft in which players can go up from high school. So yep. players are wanting to go pro before that hits. Cause it's kind of like, you're getting two draft classes in one that year. Um, so that's part of it, I think, is you have some fringe players that probably would be better off staying in college um, that are going pro because they're getting drafted in the first round. If you if you if you got a first round grade, I'm not going to fault you at all for going pro. So sure. that's part of it. Um, that's really all of it. Um, <laughs> and as far as the seven goes, uh, the seven teams being number one, like I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Gonzaga's number one at one some point because they're currently beating North Carolina. Um, and they're ranked number two. Gonzaga plays absolutely nobody. Right. Um, so you know they're gonna they're gonna go on a pretty big win streak. I, I could see them getting there. And then to they be always fair lose. though, Kentucky lost to a nobody, Duke lost to a nobody. That's mm-hmm. that's true. Um <laughs> but I think they'll get to number one before they lose to a nobody. So yeah. Then they drop out. Ohio State's possible. I mean, they're in the Big Ten. I mean, if you're in a conference like that, you do good. You you can get there. So I, I would take the I would t- if it's seven, I, w- I think it's going to get to at least seven. Um, and it, as Hickman said, it's a year in which I don't think there's much difference between team number one and team number 25 on any given night. I mean, it's it's probably 60-40 in favor of number one, but I don't think it's any more than that. So pretty balanced year. The tournament should be rather exciting. Uh, but one thing, it kind of sucks because there's I, I have no – real motivation to watch basketball. Tennessee's not great. I mean, they're pretty average, if you ask me. And there's no star players. Like, who, who's who's a star player I'm turning the TV on to watch? I, I couldn't name it, name that player. So, that's well, disappointing. And, I, I mean, as a Kentucky fan, I generally try to watch most of Kentucky's games. I think partly college basketball shoots itself in the foot. Uh, you guys may not know this. Kentucky plays a game tonight. Oh, 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. your time. 11 p.m. The game starts at 11 p.m. Eastern. I, I There's no chance I'm watching that playing Utah. <laughs> um, you know, so I think part of it is they shoot themselves in the foot. They have all, I mean, every game at the beginning of the season, some sort of preseason tournament. My favorite are these tournaments where the teams aren't even on the same gym or same location, but they're all part wow. of the same tournament. Yes. But my absolute favorite factoid so far this college season is one. I'm surprised Coach K has not been uh, gotten hurt or been sick yet. Uh, once his team lost to <laughs> the the biggest underdog in about a decade, I'm surprised he's not faked an injury. That's, that's funny. And then, uh, did you guys see the comments of Roy Williams at North Carolina? No. no. He said that he he may be done. He's run out of gas. He doesn't have much fuel in the tank anymore, and he thinks that this this may just be running him dry. So that that's a vertigo issues, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Roy, that's also probably the result of your only player, Cole Anthony, being hurt and no longer playing. He's out for six weeks, which <laughs> mm, six weeks could turn into twelve. Yeah, like I think he's probably done. So I, no surprise, you are also done because you don't know how to recruit and your team is terrible this year. Um, so I do think college basketball is going to be a lot of fun. I think even a team like Kentucky and what I think is probably a little bit of a subpar SEC compared to the last couple of years this year will end with four or five losses in the SEC. 
Um, should make for an exciting tournament. I'm excited for for college basketball, but my goodness, it's hard to watch. Um, between fouls and you don't know what is, what isn't, the yeah. flow of the game. Uh, um, I, the M- I used Memphis to beg people to watch college football, college basketball. Fifty-one forty-seven. Oh, God. Tennessee, fifty-one forty-seven. Like that's horrible. Who wants to watch that? Yeah, and that's not even this. Uh, you know, the Virginia, the the Louisville's of the world that play that oh. pack line defense, like. Yeah, it's it's becoming the trend, and it it's awful. It's hard to watch. I I agree. Well, guys, let's get to some fun stuff here. Oh yeah, let's chug sip or pour a little little Christmas action. For those of you guys that are friends with my wife on Facebook, Summer Bryant, she's a good follow. Does the Insta, does the Facebook. She uh got quite the reaction when she posted a meme about some little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. Evidently she was kind of uh, calling me out, tagged me essentially said, you know, you could have abs or you could have Christmas tree cakes. And my husband chooses the Christmas tree cakes every single time. Matt Hickman as a guy who lost 60 pounds this year, chug, sip or pour some little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. Well, I had gained 20 back. So, uh, Still forty to the good, man. <laughs> net the net is is good. All right, so Mike, as far as taste, the chug them. Those things are delicious. They're great, right? <laughs> no the, the question. Re- asked. The, the reason I got to two hundred and seventy five pounds is because I chugged them a little too much. So I've got to say sip because I want to live to see sixty. So uh, they are they are delicious. They're fantastic. I can't believe Summer did that. That was mean. That was just straight up mean. So rude. I mean, frankly, I get excited when I can feel an ad, much less you know see one. So uh, they're not in the store, but I'm gonna I'm gonna sip the cakes just out of responsibility. Ooh, Chris, where are you at on these Christmas tree cakes? Um, I know you like to indulge in uh, there, little Debbie action from time to time. There is only one answer to this, and it is chug. You best. There's only one. Like. <laughs> If you sit down with a box and you and you finish eating them before the whole box is gone, you're doing something wrong. Um, chug all the way. Um, that's it. See, this is interesting. I can eat a whole pizza in a sitting, but I cannot eat a whole box of little Debbie cakes. See, I was going to tell. I was going to say the same thing. I well, I could eat a whole box if I gave myself, like for example, with mint Oreos. You open them up. I'm not stopping. I'm just if I, I see it, I'm eating a lot of those. Yeah, see it, I'm eating it. Little Debbie Christmas trees. I love those things. I don't know. I know it's complete just sugar and artificial whatever that like Hayden said. I'm not going to live to see sixty, but I love those things. But once you eat one, I've got to like have like a meal or something between having another uh, one for some reason. I I can't just go the go to the gas station and grab three of them and. Interesting yeah. note. I didn't realize summer had my wife had posted that on Facebook and I based my high school uh, Sunday school lesson last week on little Debbie Christmas trees. So I may have a problem. <laughs> Therefore I've got to chug some little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. <laughs> you love them. All right, Chris, some NFL news, Josh yeah. Gordon, believe it or not, was suspended this year. Chug Sepper Josh Gordon playing another snap in the NFL. I'm gonna pour. Um and first off, like his his NFL issues are 
uh, people in the media like to pin it like, oh, man, I can't believe weeds against the rules. Um, Josh Gordon has a lot more issues than just weed. Like it's not he's not failing a test for weed. Um, when it was in Cleveland, it was a big thing. Like, oh, man, I can't believe the weed thing. Um, mul- multiple people have came out and said, yeah, the weed was not not the biggest issue at all. Um, Josh Gordon has some substance abuse issues. And I was listening to the Pat McAfee show this week. And he was talking about the NFL like drug program. You're literally like it's like you're on lockdown. You, you can't you can't do anything. You can't even go like out to a bar kind of thing. Like it's pretty airtight. And for a guy like Josh Gordon who who uh, is dealing with the addiction issue, it just becomes suffocating, and he gives in eventually. So I wish the NFL would would maybe modify it a little. I hate that when they suspend players for substance abuse that they're essentially kicked out of the locker room for their suspension. Um, a lot of these football players, uh, if you're a Tennessee fan, Jawan Jennings comes to mind. He has to have football in his life or he, he he's just a he becomes emotionally unstable and just does irrational things. Uh, football becomes something that like stabilizes their life. But to so, be fair to that, Chris, if I tell if I show up drunk every day to work and my boss tries to fire me, but my ex- explanation is, yeah, but my life is going to get derailed if I don't have an office to come into every day. I, I agree. I think I think football is a little different on that. Um, I mean, I I, I do, um, but I don't think he's playing another snap. I think he's had about fourteen chances, and <laughs> it's it's just not going to work out in the NFL. I wish Josh Gordon a lot of luck elsewhere in life because. He seems like he genuinely tries to do good. It's just addiction's a it's it's a real bitch. That's all I can say. So that's Josh my Gordon's got ninety nine problems and weed's not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, listeners. Matthew. Well, uh, I mean, I it's it's just it's kind of it's just a sad thing because I I agree with Chris that. A lot of times people need that structure to keep them from their demons. Um, and he's even like admitted to some, some mental health issues. And uh, Brandon Marshall is someone who, who also was pretty open about his, uh, his borderline personality disorder. Oh, hold on one second. Can we talk about Brandon Marshall real fast? Brandon okay. Peak. There, there was a year in which uh, <laughs> Brandon Marshall was suspended for, for week one of the season. One week. A one, one week, week suspension. suspension. Brandon Marshall throws up a goose egg in week one. Not sure why. Could be because he was suspended. Any guesses who ended up on the waiver wire after week one? Brandon F. Marshall. He was a top 20 player at this point, like overall. Top yes, 20 he was player. a good player. Th- in this, his prime. This Brandon Peak, screw you for that. Because <laughs> Logan Bryant was a beneficiary, I'm pretty sure. Well, I think after that, that was when we decided to go to uh, free agent bucks because I had the number yeah. one waiver priority and was able to snatch him up. Yeah. Hickman, I'm, I apologize for interrupting that. I just heard Brandon Marshall, and I'm like, oh, no, Pete, it's all right. Peak needs a little facial for that Shout one. Shout out to Peak. Yeah, that was bad. I did love Brandon Marshall's game. He was one of my favorite receivers, the way he played. But um, uh, anyway, um, I, I hate that, that he's he's not playing again. i I'm pouring out him taking another snap. Um, I I would love to see to, again. I agree, agree with you, Chris. Like I would love to see something else to to help the guy out in life. Um, 
not that you know athletes should be a, give special privileges, but if you're a, a franchise, you've invested as much in in an individual, you want to try as many avenues as you can. And maybe maybe that's it. You're right. He has had a million chances, but removed from the structure, I just hope that his life doesn't really spiral out of control. I am pouring this out for one reason and one reason only. For whatever reason, the NFL will give a 47th and 48th chance to a player if they sign with the Patriots. <laughs> and I don't know why, but once the Patriots have cut you, like that's that's it, you're done. Before that, you could be suspended for three lifetimes. And if Bill Belichick wants you on his roster, they'll find a way to put you on there. Um, so he's he's had his time with the Patriots. Uh, I think that's it. I think he is done. Um, I am curious to see what the XFL does with a player like this. Um, if they, if they give them a look or not, because if you're a guy, like you guys say, Josh Gordon needs a, needs a, a locker room to be in, you know, that, that could be one there. Um, but I also don't know if they're kind of league that, uh, Mr. Luck's going to take those kind of chances or not. So, so definitely pouring Josh Gordon, never playing in the NFL again. He's had his third and fourth chance. Chug Sipper poor. Hickman national signing day was today. It was the day when the fax machine lives, lives on the day that the fax machine has a purpose in life. Today is the day that we are reminded of a time years ago when Kentucky somehow signed a guy that they, nobody knew they had signed and Tubby Smith told the world, Oh yeah, we got that fax. I just lost it for three weeks and then I found it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man Chuck Zipper poor national signing day okay I'm a big college football fan I can tell you a ton about college football history who won games whatever but if you are I think think if you're the kind of guy who like follows every recruiting nugget and you're calling into the local sports talk radio wondering if the tackle from Sevierville is going to Tennessee or to Vanderbilt you, you need to look for some other priorities in life I am pouring it out. I don't give a crap about National Signing Day. <laughs> sure, the recruiting class says they're you know a top five team, top ten team, whatever. I I just don't care. Um, interested when it, when they show up on the field, but I'm not paying attention. Chris, I'm going to sip. Um, I would I would pour it out for all the reasons Hickman said because. There's no reason for a 37 year old man to tweet at athletes that are in high school. <laughs> Amen. It's creepy. It's dumb. Thunder. It's terrible. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's National Signing Day. I mean, it's, it is a life changing day for these high school athletes. I mean, hell, even guys that are signing with like Tennessee Tech, I mean, you get a scholarship. Change your life. Yeah. It, it really does. Yeah. It has the potential to change your life. If, yeah, if it changes you, life until the next year when you sign them with another team. Uh, you enter the transfer portal and then, yeah. Um, but it has that potential. And also, um, it has been proven that if you want to win a national title, you have to be a top 10 over the last four years. You have to be an average, a top 10 team recruiting, um, or you have zero chance to win a national title. So for that purpose, I'm, I'll sit because it does have merit to it. But at the same time, 37 year old men on Twitter, like get over yourself. Like this, don't embarrass yourself any more than you already have. Agreed. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm, I'm feeling kind of like Chris here on this one, in that it does have merit. Uh, you've got to have the the Jimmys and the Joes to win at a at a high level. 
And it drives me nuts when somebody says, yeah, but, you know, like for Kentucky, Josh Allen was a two-star, but essentially a no-star. Had no Division One offers. Kentucky gets him, and all of a sudden he's now leading the uh, NFL rookies in sacks. And everybody says, see, these rankings don't mean anything. It's hard to get like 30 of those guys. Yeah, like it's <laughs> – they don't get everyone right because there are 50 million high school players. And guess what? Rivals and 24 seven aren't watching any of them play. Right. They're simply Agreed. looking at who's Nick Saban offered. Oh, I bet they're pretty good. If Nick Saban offered them, let's give them a high ranking. Um, so it does <laughs> matter because you got to have good players, but I mean, you know, guys that argue about, you know, one miss here or there, my biggest knock on national signing days today was one of the best days in uh, best signing days in the history of Kentucky football. <laughs> Kentucky is going to end up with the best class ever in the history of their football program. And you know what that means? It means that they are a top 20 uh, football team in signing day, but that ranks us ninth in the sec. Good gosh. Get out of here. Sec. Could y'all not slack off a little <laughs> bit and let us catch, catch up. I mean, this is ridiculous. Best, best class ever. Uh, and we're going to be ninth probably in the sec. So I'm sipping a little national signing day guys. Let's, let's change avenues here a little bit. Let's get a little Christmas action. I've got three Christmas parties coming up this weekend. Two of them will include a white elephant gift exchange. Uh, some people call it Dirty Santa, white elephant. Chris Collette, where are you sitting on white elephant gift exchanges? Uh, I'm personally going to chug this one because um, I have one rule with these. I'm getting whatever liquor I'm in the mood for, and that's my present, and I hope I leave with my present. <laughs> Um, that's my strategy. Um, like no it. other strategy out there. I just go to the liquor store, grab a bottle of Tito's and hope I leave with it. <laughs> so chug. Cause I like to, ch- I mean, I've chugged some Tito's all day. <laughs> <laughs> Hickman, where are you at? I love it. I chug. It's a lot of fun. Um, I like coming up with something ridiculous. Uh, one year for the, um, Bryant Christmas party. Uh, my wife brought a giant stack of women's underwear and wrote from Logan on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That was funny. Chris's wife wears those proudly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, pretty, pretty funny stuff there. Uh, I'm a fan. I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. Who knows what you're going to get? It's going to be something ridiculous, but I'm for it. I'm actually uh, changing my answer here. I'm going to sip. I chug for the reasons I said. I sip because there's always one person in every freaking group that's like the rules Nazi on this on this thing that okay. literally ruins it, like ruins of takes the fun out of it. So I'm going to I'm going to sip because of that, because that one person that just ruins it every time. So I'm, uh, I am also sipping the white elephant gift exchange. I love the idea, but the exchange is only as good as the gift givers. You got to put some thought into it. Get creative. You don't have to spend any money. You can go yep. take some of your old crotchety drawers, like Hickman said, and ride a little I love you poem on the butt and give yeah. it away. But, you know, if you're just going out and you're trying to wrap some ornament that your grandma made you and you're giving that away, that's not fun. 
that's not exciting. Nobody wants to trade that thing around. That's also the worst is when you pick a gift and it is that gift and you're literally sitting there all day like, uh, <laughs> like Phyllis's part. mitten. Yes, that exactly. Yeah. At that point you start teaming up with the wife and saying, all right, we got to go yeah. get that Tito's. Um, uh, I mean, I, I've had these exchanges where anything from an umbrella Somebody opened up an umbrella and it kept getting t- passed around because nobody wanted it, but they didn't realize when you opened it up, there was about 40 scratchers inside that umbrella. Ooh. That was a heck of a gift. Um, there was one time somebody gifted some Viagra in a, in a gift exchange I was in. That was a fun one. Um, but it's only as good as the gift givers. So if you're having a fun party, it's going to be a lot of fun. If it's a bunch of lame-o namos, then... Don't waste your money on the Tito's. Just get the uh, get the little airplane bottle and hope for the best. Speaking of Christmas presents, Hickman, what's your take on re-gifting a Christmas present? So, I'm going to sip it. Um, sometimes that's the practical decision. Okay? So, say I got something that, you know, I got a toaster, and I've already got a toaster, but I found out Chris really wants a toaster. Then you know what? Maybe Chris is going to get a toaster for Christmas. Better clean out some countertop countertop space for that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so um, I, I think you can be appreciative of somebody's gift and still re-gift it and it'd be okay. I don't think it's, you know, there's that whole Seinfeld episode about it where they're just giving away a label maker out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if, if you're like, I, I'm, I would be appreciative of any gift somebody gave. And, and if I choose to re-gift it, I don't think that means you're ungrateful for it. I just think sometimes you're making a practical decision. So I'm going to sip it, unless it's out of spite, in which I pour it. Ooh. Chris, how are you on the re-gifting? Uh, I have a pretty funny story about re-gifting. So my, uh, my wife's uh, grandfather gives the absolute worst Christmas presents. <laughs> oh, wow. Everybody in the family, except for, except for radio. me. Oh, okay. Except for me. He gets me a golf shirt every year. Money. I'm not going to complain. Just, just give me a golf shirt and I'm good to go. My wife this year got a freaking rooster lamp. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Highly anticipated. It looked, top of it looked as hideous as you would expect. So uh, I saw that thing. My wife's like, hey, you have to come see what my pop got you. And I'm like, well, I know it's a golf shirt. So I'll look at it. I was like, oh, winning golf shirt. I'll take it. She's like, now look at what he got me. Rooster lamp. Um, I don't know if it's just he's a guy and he has no clue how to like buy buy gifts for women or what. But oh, that's hilarious. So funny. So, no, he was talked I, into that by some old lady working the uh, Cracker Barrel storefront <laughs> there. <laughs> so I instantly said, oh, man, we are re-gifting that one for uh, my brother's fiance this year. <laughs> so put it, I put it in a bag and... Uh, also, my wife is a little crafty, uh, crafty girl. She she does some like ornaments and tea towels, and I don't even know what the hell a tea towel is, but Whoa, it's a thing you tea. put on the oven, apparently. So I made a custom tea towel. What'd you say? To dry your hands? I. That's like that's like profane language right there. You do not use them as drying your hands. I get yelled at every day for drying my hands on the tea towels on my oven. But anyways, I made one for my brother or my brother's fiance to open up in front of my mom. And the tea towel said, uh, Tori and Nate living in sin since 2019. 
And it was in the shape of a penis. It was not in the shape of a penis. <laughs> but that was that was probably one of my favorite gifts. So she got a rooster, uh, a rooster lamp, <laughs> a tea towel that said "Living in Sin since 2019" up in front of my mom. I also threw in a twenty five dollar gift card to Waffle House. So she was winning on Christmas. Let me Man, just say what a, that. Well, like an inglorious welcome to the family. I here's she, a terrible one, gift. She's one lucky and, girl, if you ask me. I that, mean, that, that three all star specials right there. What more could you ask? Oh, no, I'd be, I'd, yeah. All right. Anyways, <laughs> the topics regift. I'm chugging, chug regifting things. <laughs> um. I'm not going to use any names to protect the innocent and the guilty on this one, but I was at a family Christmas where a husband re-gifted. It was back in the day when iPods were a thing. Um, I can't remember if it was an iPod or what it was, but the equivalent of an iPod that back in the day probably cost a good chunk of change to his spouse. She opens it up and says, oh, this is nice. Puts it aside and he decided he wasn't going to let it go. He said, yeah, almost as nice as the one I bought you last year. And she said, yeah, it looks real similar. He goes, because it's that one. <laughs> he had decided that she didn't open it, that he was just going to give it to her again the next year. And <laughs> she did not handle that well at all. It got are they, Christmas. Are they still married? They are. Uh, but Christmas got real awkward, and I'm pretty sure he got the message that that is not okay. And I know he was just trying to make a point of like, hey, I put some thought into this. I bought you something. Uh, fairly expensive, really nice, um, and you didn't seem to want it. So why am I going to put that effort again this year? Um, but like I said, it got it was it made for an awkward family Christmas. So in that regard, it's kind of hard to chug regifting. But I I'm like Hickman. I think the practical thing sometimes could be to regift it. There's always somebody that's buying some great aunt or somebody that happens to show up for Christmas and thinks they need to get everybody something and they're getting you something. They don't really know you. I've, you know, I'm sure I have regifted things I didn't realize were a gift from somebody for Christmas. I, I do feel bad this time of year for all the teachers out there that are getting regifted all the coffee mugs and pencils and pieces of scratch paper that all the parents are trying to to pawn off on their kids teachers you know it'd be a pretty funny christmas gift for a teacher 36 fucking candy bars what you know how they make you make you sell candy bars like every every elementary school kid selling candy bars you just buy the whole thing and just give it to the teacher as a christmas present that'd be hilarious in my mind i was envisioning like 36 zero bars like eat this teacher no i'm talking about the ones that cost a dollar 50 each or something like that i don't know what they (laughs) cost these days people sell them like literally year round hey you want to support my kid and i'm like did I just do this last week? Like, what, what's going on? Well, speaking of that, I've got a strict, uh, you don't be sending me something on Facebook or text message asking me. If a kid knocks on my door, 90% chance I'm buying it. Yeah. But if mom and dad called me beforehand, yep. no, you got to send Johnny to do the legwork. Amen. Amen to that. My <laughs> sister has a sign on her door that says no soliciting, then in parentheses, unless you're a kid. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Like she, it. Yep. Hickman, you're our musical expert. There's a Bad song. Sign. 
that has been on the radio for as long as I've been alive called Baby It's Cold Outside. Mm-hmm. Somehow mm-hmm. this song is still on the radio. I need to know, are you chug sipping or pouring Baby It's Cold Outside being a creepy ass song? Um, It's creepy. So yes, I'll chug the fact that it's creepy. It's a little statutory. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. It's I mean, it's like the image I have is this like super creepy guy in the 1950s smoking a cigarette, trying to pour another drink. He's in his 40s, and the girl's like 17. <laughs> and you know, that's just the image that the song conjures up. So, I mean, not to say I think there's some like woke version of it out there. I'm not whatever, but. Shout out John Legend for that one. The melody is the melody's great, and I like it. You know, it's a nice duet, but I, the song's a little creepy. Yeah, I, I do think it is. Chris, rumor has it you had to listen to the song for the first time to prepare for this podcast. Uh, the rumor's really? true. Rumor's are you, true. Are you prepared for a modern man's take on "Baby It's Cold Outside"? So, uh, full disclosure, the song sounds like something I would uh, write at 2 a.m. at Vinny T's when I'm trying to take somebody home from the bar going, wow. hey, maybe it's cold outside. Why don't you just, why don't you just wait on the Uber for with me and we'll just, we'll just take the Uber together. Hickman, um, Chris just laid claim to being a musical savant saying in the <laughs> middle of Vinny T's, he could write one of the most popular, <laughs> most played Christmas songs of all time. At, at 2 a.m. So this is absolutely <laughs> happening on... <laughs> In February, if we're hanging out at Benny T's or anywhere, Chris is writing a song. <laughs> yes. After midnight, we're gonna see how it turns out. I will bring yeah. a guitar. It, it it will sound as creepy as the song does. So I'm gonna chug it as a creepy song. When I listen to it, I'm like, God dang! Like, how desperate are you, man? Like, she obviously doesn't want to like go home with you. She has better options elsewhere. So uh, just give it a rest. That was my thoughts when I listened to it. So. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. In 2019, we are not allowed to play Michael Jackson on the radio. That's probably a good thing. Let's be honest. I get it. I understand. The Cosby Show is no longer allowed to be played on TV stations. Gays in jail. I I get it. I understand. OJ's on Twitter, though. So (laughs) it's true. OJ is a very good Twitter legend. (laughs) How in the world is Baby It's Cold Outside still allowed to be played? Like there's no defense for it. We're talking lyrics like uh, maybe just a half a drink more to then two lines later saying, say, what's in this drink? Um, the song starts by saying, I really can't stay. I've got to go away. And then at the very end, I ought to say, no, no, no. Hey, mind if I move in closer? Like <laughs> this is... I think like Hickman, this is a creepy old man. I'm not letting this girl go no matter what, but I'm trying to say it in like a nice loving way. Um, how the song is still on the radio. I don't understand. I don't get it. How anybody uh, can support just the nostalgia of this song. It is creepy. It is, it is not okay. Um, so I've got to, I've got to pour it out as a song, chug it as a creepy song. I this don't could understand. Be one of the unanimous, like, Chuck's up reports we've ever had. Like, not many. This we are all awful. very unanimous on that. Like, yeah, we all have hard opinions in the same one. That's that's yeah. rare. 
Well, suck at Dean Martin. <laughs> <laughs> also, am, Michael Bublé. <laughs> uh, when I looked up the lyrics, it says "Song by Kelly Clarkson." <laughs> Pretty <laughs> sure she wasn't the one who wrote this. <laughs> well, guys, last Chuck Zipper pour that I'm sure we're going to have differing opinions on. Chris, give us a give us a comment on the movie A Christmas Story. I'm gonna pour that one out. And whoever works at TNT or TBS, whichever station that plays it, twenty four like for twenty four straight hours, that person should like. Oh my gosh! If I could punch somebody in the nuts, I would punch that person in the nuts. Oh. Um, I go to my aunt's. I used to go to my aunt's for Christmas every year, and her TV is on TBS or TNT, whatever channel that is on. I watched it. I watched that movie at least six times every freaking Christmas. Like I walk in the door and I'm like, oh. Christmas stories on TV. Who would have ever guessed? Uh, maybe related to that this year, I'm going to Florida for Christmas. I'm leaving Saturday, the 21st. I'm not coming back until the 31st. Um, it might be because I don't want to watch a Christmas story again. I'm pouring out the movie, terrible movie. It's I I've seen it. This is no lie. I've seen it 20 times and all 20 of those were involuntary involuntary. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. So, pour out everything related to a Christmas story. Oh, Hickman. All right, two things. One, Chris is wrong. Secondly, I'm about to make Chris feel bad. Yes. Um, SNBG is going to get serious for a second. Okay. So, Christmas 1996. Still won't feel bad. Well, you might. <laughs> Christmas 1996. This is this is sad, but it's, it's this is all true. Um, I, my family and I, I was in middle school. We were living in Alabama, and we were driving Lots to prayers living in Alabama. Yeah, that's true. We we do feel bad. Where my my folks are from, which is Roanoke, Virginia. We were driving up to pick up um, both of my grandmothers and driving back to Alabama for for Christmas. And when we got uh, to um, my my grandma Roxy's house, she she had had a heart attack. And, um, so we go to the hospital. She was, she was in rough shape, but, but hang on. So what happened was just like all the family there over the next several days. And it was just really sad because I mean, she was 78. She, she didn't make it. It was pretty clear early. Um, so it was just a really heavy time. And in the midst of all that, we were all in this room, uh, in the hospital that happened to have a VHS player and somebody happened to have a copy of a Christmas story. So it was right around Christmas, and we watched that movie, and it provided just moments of relief and levity and laughter and smiling in the midst of a, just a terrible situation and a terrible time. Um, so whenever I think of that movie and I see it, I'm reminded of you know the the good things and the sound of the, some kind of escape that a movie can bring and some laughter in a really difficult time. So um, for that, I have fond memories and a good opinion of the movie so chug man i wish you two were in the same room so i could see you each trying to punch each other in the nuts right now (laughs) (laughs) i am i think christmas story is an okay movie and before i start r.i.p roxy um christmas story who's roxy hickman's grandma oh I thought it was somebody from the movie. Oh, my goodness. 
forgot. I, I tuned out on what Hickman was saying because I knew he was gonna like make me feel like an asshole. For a guy who <laughs> so says just... he has watched this movie twenty five <laughs> times hits me with the "Who's Roxy?" I was, oh, man. I was like, I didn't remember anybody dying in the movie. That's why I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? I don't know who's worse right now. I did, I did tune out because I was like, Hickman's gonna like make me feel like such an asshole, and I'm I'm not here for that. So I'm just gonna tune out and pretend. I didn't bash on the Christmas story. So, well, I don't know who's worse, Chris, who's clearly not listening to a podcast that he's currently on, or my wife, who is currently texting me in support of "Baby It's Cold Outside" as a flirtatious song that's fun and you're wrong, happy. Summer. You're wrong, very wrong. Yeah. Anyway, Christmas Enabler. story. Christmas story is an okay movie. It's you've seen it once. I don't know why you have to watch it over and over again. It's not a bad movie. It's not a great movie. It's a movie around Christmas. Um, I don't find anything particularly funny about the movie. I don't anything entertaining about it. So I am sipping because I'm afraid to pour it because Hickman is going to try to punch <laughs> me in the nuts. Um, <laughs> sipping the Christmas story as a Christmas movie. All right, guys, let's break down a couple games here before we get people out. Um, for those of you who I guess we haven't mentioned it, we're going to take a little hiatus here for the next couple of weeks as we're all kind of traveling and, as Chris said, taking a beach vacation during Christmas, which is Christmas with the cranks up there. Hmm. Um, Christmas with the Grinch, let's be honest. <laughs> True. So we're going to take a little hiatus here for a couple of weeks. Um, so let's go ahead and break down college football playoff action. Chris, take the first one. We got LSU versus Oklahoma. LSU is a huge heavy favorite, almost two touchdowns. Who you like in that one? I think this is the easiest one by far. Um, give me LSU. I don't care that I'm giving 13 and a half to Oklahoma. Um, I'm not touching the uh, over under because that number is 75 and a half. Mm-hmm. An absolutely huge number. LSU is going to win and win by a lot. That's the only thing I really know. I saw today where uh, Oklahoma has three players. Suspended yeah. for the game. Um, oh, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, give me LSU. I don't. I don't care that I'm laying thirteen and a half. I feel good about it. So LSU. I, I don't ask this because I know the answer. Um, it's not a rhetorical question. What is Jalen Hurts' record against LSU? Um, you know, I feel like it's got to be pretty good, right? I, I really no don't clue. know what it is. I have no clue. Okay. I mean, does, does he have the rest of his Alabama team around him for this game? <laughs> I'm just asking. No, he does Joe not. Joe Burrow is about to – the future Cincinnati Bengal quarterback <laughs> is about to uh, – Who day? He's about to carve up that Sooner defense. Hickman, are you all in on LSU? I think LSU hammers him. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma in that last game against Baylor, they really, really struggled. I mean, they've – they're they're good. I mean, it's it's typical, like kind of a typical Oklahoma team. They, man, they just tend to come up short in the big in the big games. Um, you know, on the national championship stage. But still, LSU's just a better team. Like I, I think LSU hammers them. I'll take the points too. Speaking of LSU and Joe Burrow, were you guys surprised that he was the biggest landslide Heisman winner ever? Uh, when the second place guy is a defensive end, no, I'm not I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> I I was a bit surprised myself um, that all the votes went his way, but 
I do think LSU yeah. rolls in this one. They've got an offense. They've got a defense. Oklahoma most of the time has an offense. They have never thought they had no. defense. No. Um, so I like I like LSU in this. And I just think Coach O is a guy who's not going to be tentative, not going to play conservative. Uh, what's he got to lose? He's proving people wrong. He's just going to keep rolling it out there. Because let's be honest, Coach O is not doing a whole lot in game day. That's why he's got the two <laughs> highest paid coordinators in the game. He lets them call the game and do what they're going to do. So That's for the best. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I, mean, it's, I thought he was a terrible hire. I've said that a bunch. But I was obviously wrong. It worked out. So. Co-sign on that. Yeah. All right. Second matchup. We have Ohio <laughs> State versus Clemson. Hickman, Clemson, a two-point favorite. Who do you like in this one? Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, this is a tricky one. Clemson's not played anybody, but they've also not lost in forever. Um, they always show up in these big games. Uh, I'm still taking the Buckeyes. I think they find a way to get it done. I think the, um, you know, the offense finds a way to, to put up some points. I, I think the, given who Clemson's played this year, even though a lot of guys have a lot of experience, it's going to be difficult to see just all that talent that Ohio State has. Um, so I think LSU-Ohio State's the matchup that we get in the championship game. I think it's the one we want. Um, and that's, uh, I think the Buckeyes win. I do like the Buckeyes chances. Biggest concern I have is Ohio state secondary is not that good. Um, because they may have going quarterback. Huh? What about Clemson's quarterback? Hey, 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 he's pretty good. (laughs) So, you know, the biggest piece of leverage Ohio state has is on passing downs. They have a dominant pass rush Mm -hmm. uh, and a dominant pass rusher. Um, but if Clemson can find a way to slow that pass rush down, I, I think Clemson may roll in this one. Um, if I were a betting man, I'd, I'd take Ohio State. I think being an underdog is enough to push them over the edge. Uh, I think they got a little lackadaisical at the end of the season. Um, but I think that motivation to practice for the next month being an underdog is is probably the edge they needed. Um, so I would take I would take Ohio State to win outright. Chris, is this a, a clean sweep here, LSU-Ohio State? It is a clean sweep. Uh, I think it's going to be a one-score game. And if it, if, this, if the line was Ohio State as a two-point favorite, I'd take Clemson plus two. But it's not, so I'm going to take Ohio State plus two. Um, also, I, I've had a really hard time liking Dabo as a person, as a coach. That guy has little man syndrome like nobody I've, I've seen in a long time. Um, he's He bitches about players making money, name, image, and likeness like – I don't know if I coach a college game with players making money. Yeah, but you make like $10 million a year. Yeah. Are you kidding me right now? Like, get <laughs> off your high horse for a second. Uh, I'm not a Dabo fan. And and as Logan said, um, Ohio State secondary is a question mark, but Chase Young could be the equalizer as far as that goes. If he can get to Lawrence, if he can hit Lawrence, uh, that could change things. So give me Ohio State plus two. Um don't feel great about it. I think it's going to be a one-score game. It could go kind of a coin toss either way, but I'm getting points, so I'll take Ohio State. Uh, it should be a good game. It's also a reason why LSU getting the one seed or or Ohio State getting the two seed was a pretty big deal because big, there's, a, yeah. there's a huge difference between Clemson and Oklahoma, like ginormous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do think the secondary of Ohio State is a question mark, but they're also super talented. Um, oh, they they are they're all five stars. It's in yeah. four or five stars. Like 
really so, uh, good four stars. So an extra month of practice, they could look totally different. Who knows? Uh, be interesting to see what Ryan Day does with them um, out there. Well, boys, this is it for 2019. Any parting wow. words for the for the end of the end of the decade here, Hickman? Um, it's crazy that another decade has ended. I remember how the last one ended. It was in a bowling alley in St. Louis. Oh. Remember, I remember having a toast with some some good friends at the time that I traveled with a bunch, and we said something like, "Here's the end to a here's to the end of a decade that ended with less promise than it began with," which was really depressing. So I'm gonna say something better when this decade ends. It's been Ooh. a great one, known you all through the whole decade. Pretty awesome, Chris. Any uh, end of decade toast? Um, not really. I hadn't thought about that. Um. It has been a great decade. I really can't complain. Graduated college, got married, had two kids, uh, just got a promotion at work. Uh, my kid's here recording with me, essentially. <laughs> you want a snack right now? It's uh, 930 at night. Probably not getting that snack. Uh, Get him one of them Christmas, little Debbie Christmas trees. Yeah, you think there's some of those left over? Come on now. Come on, man. <laughs> um, it really has been a... Uh, it's it's been a great decade. I I can't complain. I I really I like to complain a lot, as most people that listen to the podcast are well aware. Um, I don't have any complaints this decade. This decade's been very good to me. I hope the next decade's just as good. So that's my only parting shot. Twenty nineteen will always be remembered as the start of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast. And what Beginning a pod! What a podcast it is. So Looking forward to 2020. Yeah, so we're going to take a little time off. We're going to revamp in 2020. If you got any ideas, suggestions, you want to see uh, see us revamp a little bit, hit us up on the Facebook group. Uh, if you got a different segment you want us to tack, let us know. Um, we're always looking to tweak and, and, and do better on things. So hit us up on that Sports Nuts and Beer Guts uh, Facebook page. We're on the Twitter machine. Send us out some some tweets, some twats, some quotes, whatever you want to send out. We'll take all of them. Matt Hickman loves them. Always. Hick, hook us up. We'll be out there looking for you. Hope you get what you want. Hope you enjoy giving what you got. This has been 2019, 21st episode of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. See you, Jameson. Good thing the camera's pointed this way. My wife just walked out with uh, no pants on over here. Sexy ass fuck. Maybe I'll get lucky tonight. <laughs>